Welcome to Align Sacred Alchemy, a space to share stories to uplift, energize, and spark your awakening in remembering your unique brand of magic. We talk about all things energy, ethical, healthy, and inclusive manifesting, being in a state of receiving, and how to courageously manifest on purpose to live the life you are truly capable of living. Join me for each episode as we tap into your inner guidance and inspiration from conversations that we have to remember why we are all here and how we get to honor ourselves so that we can all enjoy our journey along our soul's path. Hello everyone and welcome back to the show. Today, I want to talk about mastering the art of intrinsic confidence for manifesting. One of the biggest misconceptions about manifesting that I hear constantly and that I've experienced while I was starting off on my journey is that you have to feel worthy and deserving before you can have what you say you want show up for you. You have to feel that within yourself. You have to feel confident. And so a lot of the times when I first started out, I used to be fixated on doing all the things that I could to have this confidence, this inner confidence. And it dropped me into this wormhole where I would constantly be looking at how can I have this? How can I build my confidence, what mindset shift is required here so that I can be more confident? How can I value myself more? How do I feel worthy and deserving of having all the things that I'm asking for? And I don't know if any of you relate to that, but if I had a penny for every time someone said to me that the reason that they haven't yet got what they desired was because they have issues with confidence or worthiness or self-value, I'd be very rich. The truth is, it's never really about your confidence or worthiness because you were already born confident and worthy. And I know that it may not always feel that way, but just hear me out. If you know any babies or you've been around a little baby, an infant, a toddler, you'll see that little inner confidence that they are born with They don't care that they start waddling around and they're falling down and that doesn't knock their confidence like, oh my gosh, I didn't walk so I'm never going to do it again because my confidence has been knocked. You know, they just get right back up and do it again and again and again until they master the art of walking. So we were born with this confidence and this sense of worthiness and Your experiences, your lived experiences may have conditioned you out of that. And then furthermore, what happens in the self-development and healing industry is that there is so much onus on being confident, feeling worthy and deserving and all of those things, which I do get there is value in that. And it's not that it's not valuable to have those qualities and to cognitively recognize them within yourself. But the danger is when you become so fixated with just doing that and trying to fix that, trying to find the next mindset hack or the 
belief that is going to unlock everything for you, it becomes a distraction. If we acknowledge about ourselves that we were born with confidence and worthiness, that is our divine right, that is our divine state of being, until we learn otherwise, until our environment tells us otherwise, whether that's the people we grew up with or the environment in which we grew up, the programs that we were watching, what our friends were telling us, what our teachers were saying to us, that chip in your confidence on a daily basis, even though they're just small little things, a comment here, a little snidey thing there, a little joke made about you, your body, or, you know, it could be anything. I remember growing up how I was constantly being told that I was skinny and that I needed to eat more, that I needed to put on weight. And that, even though it doesn't sound like it's a bad thing, because in the world that we live in, being skinny is far better than being fat, right? But actually, no, it's when you're shaming somebody's body because it you want it or you think it should be or look a certain way, that's going to knock that person's confidence. It doesn't matter if they're fat or they're skinny or they're tall or they're thin or they're dark or they're fair-skinned. All of these things They chip away at our self-esteem, at our confidence, and that's where we learn to shrink ourselves. That's where we learn that we are somehow good enough, that we are somehow not worthy or not deserving because we're either not fair-skinned enough or we're not skinny enough or we're too skinny or we're too short or we're too tall, you know, all of those things. And then when you look at the beauty industry and what we're subjected to every single day in the media, especially now in the age of social media, when you're seeing all these beautiful airbrushed images that cloud your perception of what real beauty really is. If you look at models, they don't have flawless, poreless, textureless skin. That's because they've been airbrushed. Those images have been edited. When I do it myself, when I'm on Instagram and I've had a bit of a bad skin day or I just don't want to put the makeup on, I'll whack on a filter and hey presto, I'm presentable. I think we forget that it's filters that people are using. It's clever editing that people are using. And in our minds, then it becomes this illusion of what perfection is, what success is, and that's what we then strive for. And so that impacts how you perceive yourself. And when you don't perceive yourself as the beautiful, powerful, confident, potent, worthy and deserving being that you intrinsically are, it colors how you show up in the world. Your own perception of yourself is actually the only one that counts, ultimately. You, and only you, hold the key to your own power and your own pure potential. We think it's somebody else. A lot of us, myself included, get sucked into this vortex where we're trying to prove ourselves to others or seek validation from other people particularly our loved ones, the people whose opinions matter to us. 
And by doing that, we can really shrink ourselves as we pretzel into what they want us to conform to, whether it's your parents or it's the government or an outer authority, whatever that outer authority may be. And mostly, it's well-intentioned from those outer authorities, mostly. So we think that that's the way we should be. That's the way we should do things. And if we're not doing that, then we begin to judge ourselves and compare ourselves to others. Now, this is particularly a problem if you have grown up in an environment where you have been compared with other people. I remember growing up and in our household, it was very commonplace to compare the kids to one another. We lived in a large extended family. It was almost natural for my family members to compare each of us, particularly as all me and my cousins were just a few years apart. And that may seem harmless, but what that's really doing to the child is teaching them that they're not good enough as they are, that they have to be like someone else. So as I'm talking about these, start reflecting back on your childhood and where this may have been showing up in your world. Where has your perception of yourself been colored because of constantly being compared to other people? Where has your confidence and your self-esteem been knocked because of that? And then as you embark on your journey of transformation, the natural thing to do is to start fixing that, right? Because how else do you get your soulmate or the clients that you desire or the career that you desire without the confidence? How else do you get to be visible, right? But the problem isn't about the confidence or the lack of self-esteem. And yes, it is. And you've got to acknowledge that. You've got to sit with what emotions did that trigger for you as that was happening in your childhood? What are those emotions that it triggers for you now when you yourself start to compare yourself with other people? How many of you ever felt, because this was, this was something that I dealt with, one of my deepest wounds as I was embarking on my journey of transformation, was feeling like I'm lagging behind everyone. I used to feel as though I worked so hard and I worked twice as hard as everyone else, but I was never even half as good as them. And that's the lens through which I perceive myself. And that's the lens through which I, at the time, was perceiving the world. So how did that show up for me in my relationships? I always thought that wasn't good enough in my relationships. And what that boiled down to ultimately in my journey was compromising myself saying yes to things that I actually wasn't happy about, entering into relationships where actually I wasn't happy, I wasn't comfortable, but because I had to prove myself, because I didn't want to be left behind when all my friends were getting married and everyone was finding their soulmates and they were having their happily ever afters and there I was still past the age of 25, which in the Indian culture is like past your shelf life. You're told that it's slim pickings, that you had to settle now. I was even told by family members, why are you being so fussy? 
You should be grateful that these people are even looking your way. Never mind that there is a red flag going on in your mind about them. And you know what? For me, the way it translated because of this lack of confidence and self-esteem is I spent most of my life outsourcing my power to others. And this is what happens. Because when you don't have that confidence to know what you know and to go with what is true for you, it's really tempting to seek other people to make your decisions for you. In fact, it becomes your default setting. That's the space from which you tend to operate is always looking for someone else to make your decisions for you. And so for me, when I was on the soulmate search and I was having one rubbish relationship after another, after another, and some of these people were people that I had met. Some of these people were people that I'd enlisted my family members to introduce me to. But it was still the same pattern over and over again. It got to a point where I started to doubt myself even more because it felt at the time that everything I touch it just seems to crumble. I can't seem to pick anyone. I can't seem to get into the right relationship for me. And so I agreed to let them choose for me. I agreed to have an engagement with somebody that, was, that ticked all my family's boxes that they were happy with. And my logic back then was, well, I'm never going to be happy. So I may as well make my family happy, right? Because you become so disheartened. You start to think that it's never going to happen for you. So you may as well just settle and you're not going to be happy. But that people pleaser in me, the, the person in me who just wanted acknowledgement and the love and the acceptance from the people I love the most... I overrid what I knew and I allowed them to make those decisions for me. Now, I'm not saying that it was, uh, I was backed into a corner and there was a gun held to my head and they were saying and they were forcing me to get married. It was not like that, not my experience anyway. I agreed to it at every stage of that relationship or that commitment. I agreed to it. But I agreed knowing I wasn't happy. I agreed knowing that we were, I was going to be potentially getting married to this person and we actually had nothing in common. We had very different points of view. We just didn't seem to have much common ground. And yet I found myself saying yes. Why? Because I was so afraid that I was going to be left off the shelf, that I was going to be all alone. And I was so afraid that that was the worst thing as a single Indian woman, even though I was successful in my career, even though I was doing really well, even though I w had all of these other accomplishments beneath my belt. But the fact that I didn't have that notch on my belt of fulfilling my family's wishes or doing the done thing in society which is you get you get married you have children if you're a woman this is what happens and that's your measure of success and if you haven't achieved that level of, of success before a certain age then there must be something wrong with you right 
And so I spent a lot of that period of my life thinking there was something wrong with me because all these people that I was meeting, that I was connecting with, that I was being introduced to kept rejecting me. I remember saying to my friend, crying in tears and saying, what is wrong with me? What is so intrinsically wrong with me that nobody wants to spend the rest of their life with me? And so the problem wasn't about the self-esteem and the lack of confidence, although yes, it was because it is. it starts to show up in the way that you perceive yourself, in the way that you see others and your world. So I started seeing other people as my saviors who were better than me and I was beneath them. So I put everyone on a pedestal. They were better the family members that I trusted, the people in my close circle that I went to for advice and guidance, I put them on a pedestal because they had to be better than me. I was screwed up. I was messed up. I kept making mistakes, right? And so I outsourced my power. And when you do that, if any of you resonate, you're listening in and you're resonating with any of this, that when you're outsourcing your power consistently like that, It inadvertently leads you into saying no to what you really desire without even realizing that that's what you're doing. So when I work with my clients and they come to me and they say, oh, I want this thing. I want my soulmate relationship. I want these many clients. I want this much money in my bank account or whatever it is that they're consciously trying to create in their life. On the one hand, I see them doing all the things, you know, the visualization, the belief work, the energy pulls, like the lot, whatever tools that they already have beneath their belt, they're using them. And it's brilliant. Some of them are very disciplined about it, some more so than others. So on the one hand, they're actively doing everything that they should be to manifest. On the other hand, I also see these very people who are doing all the things, not actually raising their hand and doing what's required to create the real shifts in real time in their actual life so that they can have what they're asking for, so that they can create the space for their desires to show up. So how, I hear you asking, like, what's happening? Why, why do you do that? Before we get into why you may be doing that unconsciously, let's talk a little bit more about how it may be showing up for you. So as I talk about this, just lean in and see where you recognize yourself. Are there any of these things that are showing up in your life or a version of that that may be showing up in your life in a particular area that you are consciously trying to create change or manifest something. So one of the ways that it may show up is talking yourself out of doing something that's actually going to support you in having your desire show up. For example, it may be that you talk yourself out of getting the support that you need to free up your time So you could be doing something that will bring you closer to actualizing your desires. 
That could look like saying no to the support of a babysitter so you can free up time and do all these other things that you really want to be doing. It could be hiring a coach so you can get the expertise and the coaching that you may need to support you in radiating what you naturally, the energy that you naturally radiate out. But in order for you to radiate that out, you may need a little bit of support in other areas so you can do that and you can do that consistently. It may show up as getting so distracted with the perfectionism of putting yourself or something that you are creating out there, being visible, really putting it out there, really owning that this is what you are doing now. For whatever reasons, it may be because you're afraid of the judgment or the criticism from other people who may be questioning, hey, why are you doing something so different? I remember this showing up very loudly as I was starting to come out of my spiritual closet and moving from pharmacy and being, you know, from that science background, that medical background. And now suddenly I'm talking about manifesting energy, law of vibration, law of attraction, all of this kind of really out there esoterical stuff that I can't really prove, but it is out there. And so I shrunk. I didn't want to be seen to be one of those weirdos. I used to avoid having these conversations with my friends and my colleagues. I remember lying to my own family saying that I was going on training for my back then I had a baby swimming business and I would say that I'm going on some business training for that when what I really would be doing was going on classes or healing classes uh, as I was training in all these different types of modalities and really opening up to my gifts and things. So it, I was unwilling to own what I was doing. I was unwilling to say to people, yeah, I can read your mind. Yes, I'm intuitive. Yes, I'm psychic. Yes, I channel energies that are not of this realm. And there was a real fear for me, a crippling fear. And so what I did was I didn't put it out there for a long, long time. Luckily for me, I had the right support. I trained with the right people, the coaches um, that I needed that were required for me to make that step and have that transition into feeling safe to come out of my spiritual closet and knowing that there was support backing me, that I had that support. But here's how I see it show up many times with my clients is getting so distracted with the perfectionism of putting themselves out there, whether it's attracting a soulmate or maybe it's a product that you have that you want to sell, whatever that may be for you. And then telling yourself it's because, oh, it must be visibility issues. You need to clear your visibility issues. How many of you have ever done that? Or it's, oh, I need, I need to be more self-confident. Well, guess what? Confidence shows up when you embrace the struggle to uncover the joy 
of doing that thing, of putting that thing out there, of creating that big vision that's in your heart, that has been placed in your heart. Confidence gets to be nurtured through having total courage and total commitment to you, yourself, your desires, your joy, where you get to embrace your struggles to uncover that joy, where you get to a point where you know why you're here, that there is true meaning to your life. Confidence gets activated when you learn to ignite that internal leadership that is present for every single one of us. It may not feel that way to you because of all of these layers and layers of conditioning that you may have had or experienced throughout your life, but it's there. Just because you may not have access to that in this present moment doesn't mean you won't get there. You just need to dig a little. You just need to start to get really curious. You need to sit with yourself. You need to sit with those shadows, those fears, the lack or the scarcity or the I'm running out of time. Whatever that narrative in your mind is, to get comfortable with sitting with that, not getting rid of it, not eliminating that, not saying, oh, first I need the confidence and then I can do that thing because the confidence will never really come without any action. Confidence, in my view, is simply accrued as you take action. You get to glean confidence from taking the action, even if that decision or the action that you've taken may not have worked out the way that you really wanted it to, you will be able to glean the wisdom from that. What learning opportunities? What could you have done better from that? What have you learned about yourself from that quote-unquote mistake that you made? And when you just have that little reframe, little shift in perspective on how you approach yourself, the confidence will start to build as long as you are committed to doing it every single day. You need to show up for yourself. This is work that nobody else can do. I don't care how amazing a coach somebody is or gifted a healer somebody is. This work can only be done by you. And this is the reason why when clients come to me for sessions whether it's private work that we're doing together or it's my group programs, my membership programs. It doesn't matter what level they're working with me. I guide them. I teach them. The, the foundational pieces that I work with clients is teaching them how to activate that inner guide and activate their intrinsic leadership for empowered manifesting. Because empowered and embodied manifesting is what I am all about. It's a game changer. It really is. I have tried it all. I have tried the Abraham Hicks, which was beautiful. And at that phase of my transformation, absolutely needed it. I have tried all the law of attraction, the 
gratitude list, the affirmations, the healing work, like all of it. I've done it all. And all of it is valuable, depending on what phase of transformation. I talk about this cycle of transformation that most people go through in their journey. And if you are in the first and second phase of that transformational journey, then those things may be required, but they're not ever going to get you through to the other end, to the other side of that transformation, where you have lived it, you've learned, you've gleaned the wisdom, and you're living that experience, not just dreaming about it, not just visualizing it. Because empowered and embodied manifesting is what I am all about. It's a game changer. Empowered manifesting to me is manifesting where you get to create your own framework using tools that work for you, using tools that are aligned with your lifestyle and what fits into your lifestyle, your specific lifestyle. Uh, Tools that are aligned with your lived experiences without having that toxic positivity and spiritual bypassing where you're just affirming all of these amazing things, but it's not embodied. It's one thing to be affirming that you are rich, abundant, wealthy, a money magnet, and quite another to embody prosperity, financial freedom, ease with money, all of those things. That's just an example. And you could apply that example to anything that you're manifesting. If it's a soulmate and you wish to have a soulmate relationship, which is filled with mutual love, understanding, honoring of each other, support of each other, all of those things. It's one thing to be affirming that you are a magnet for that kind of a relationship and actually embodying the energy. They're two very, very different things. So empowered manifesting and embodied manifesting is essential if you want to create sustainable change. If you want to have a method or a process that is made for you, by you, using your soul's guidance and by honoring your soul's path and journey for this lifetime. Because once you're on that path, it becomes easier. You have flow. And even though you may have ebbs, when you're on your soul's path, it's easier to navigate through them because you already know that you have tools. You are already equipped with everything that you need within you to manifest all the resources, all the people, all the experiences that you require on your soul's journey. And you get to decide, listeners, you get to decide how you want to show up to your journey. You get to decide whether you want to walk it, whether you want to tube it on your journey, or whether you want to have a Rolls Royce. That is an individual decision. You get to choose the kind of experience you wish to have on this planet. Would you like the experience of having money always available to you when, whenever you wish to do something? Would you like to have the experience of being in a loving, supportive relationship with deep connection? Would you like to have the experience 
of being healthy and having a body that allows you to do everything that you like, that supports you in doing what you would like to do, what you would love to be doing. Because if it is, that's a choice you get to make, nobody else. But a lot of people, what we, and myself included, I'm talking to myself in this just as much as I'm talking to you, is that we get so busy trying to satisfy other people's needs or the way others are doing it or measuring our success by the success of others. And when I work with clients, one of the questions I repeatedly ask when they're struggling to manifest whatever it is that they've come to me with is, is that even your thing? Or was that something that was projected at you a long time ago and you've kind of gone with it and you've done it for so long that you've convinced yourself that that was your thing? Because if the desire isn't yours, if it wasn't a desire that was really coming from within you, then good luck trying to manifest that. And maybe that's the reason that you're not manifesting what you say you want. Because it's actually not for you. Because it's actually not something that lights up your soul. And it may not be anything to do with the confidence issues or the self-worth or the self-value that you might have been led to believe it is. It may just be that it was never your thing to reflect on that. What is one thing that you've been trying to manifest for the longest time and you have the most frustration around because it's that thing that you really, really, really desire and you've done all the things and it's still not showing up? Ask yourself, is this mine or is this someone else's? Is there an adjustment that I require to make with this desire? Have I outgrown this desire? Because that's another thing that can happen. What you may have really desperately wanted in one season of your life may not be correct for you in this season of your life. So is this even the time for it? Is this the season of your life to have that thing that you desire? Or is there something else that's a priority for right now? Ask yourselves these questions. Get into your own practices, whether you are a person who loves to journal, use them as journal prompts and journal what comes up for you. If you have your other tools and processes, use whatever it is in your practice that you already have, the tools that you already have, and start to get the awareness and what insights come in and see if there may be adjustments that you need to make to that desire it could be that there's just a slight tweak here and there and that shifts the energy for everything or it may be that you realize oh my gosh that was never my thing and now that's great there's no judgment you're just like oh whoa allow yourself to feel the relief I just wasn't manifesting because it was never my thing okay what is my thing What is something that really lights up my soul, illuminates me, excites me, that when I'm thinking about it, I'm excited to be having that experience? What is that for you? Okay. 
These are all things that are so crucial to remember if you want to create a more empowered manifesting practice. Because empowered manifesting, dear listeners, requires you to step up and raise your hand, not to your desires, but to you. Be committed to you. Be more committed to you than anyone else is. Be more committed to your own journey of transformation than anybody else is. Own your worthiness. Own the intrinsic confidence. And yes, acknowledge that maybe it's buried under deep layers and I still need to work through those layers to get access to it, but I'm owning it. This isn't something that you get to fix or it gets to be healed in the way that so many people, myself included in the past, have tried to do it. This is something you get to experience and learn. And as you do become more consciously aware of it in your daily life, you get to embody it with your tools and your practices, with practicing honoring your own manifesting framework, your unique brand of magic. It's something you get to sit with and integrate into a whole new way of being. And you do that by starting to synthesize all the information that you've probably been lapping up since you began your journey of transformation. Because let's face it, how many of us do that? We, we're, we just consume information all the time. And that's cool because information consumption sometimes is what sparks the initial process of transformation. But it's actually the synthesis. When you start to sit back and look at that information that you have consumed and start applying it, not just applying it, but also noticing and becoming really consciously aware, switched on in your daily life, in your daily practices. And as you do this, you're going to be able to notice what changes you need to make. Is it that you need to express your boundaries in a more powerful way? Is it that you need to have more powerful conversations with people? Is it that you actually need to create space between you and people in your life or a job in your life or anything that's actually not working for you? And then once you have all of this information, once you have sat with it, synthesized it, then you begin to embody it. You cannot go straight to the embodiment piece if you haven't moved through the synthesis. So if you're just doing all of this at the level of your mind, it's never going to be translated into the level of your body on a cellular level. Because true embodiment is where you soak this energy up at a cellular level. You're living it, you're breathing it every single day of your life with every single situation that arises in your practical life. Even when you've had an argument with a loved one, how are you going to respond to that? Are you reacting? Are you responding? 
when you have an important decision to make, how are you making your decisions? Are you making them intuitively? Or are you listening to others and outsourcing your power to other people? Now, there's nothing wrong with seeking guidance and asking for counsel from others, but the ultimate decision is a decision that you get to make intuitively. But do you trust your intuition? Maybe there's more work for you to do to deepen that relationship between you and your intuition. Feeling worthy and deserving and having that inner confidence can really only come with embodiment. And feeling confident usually comes when you have clarity to do the next thing. And you do it. You courageously commit to yourself. And you show up for yourself every single day without fail. You cannot manufacture this from your mind or outsource it from others through seeking their validation or approval. So these are things I would love for you to sit with, digest, assimilate and share your insights. Come find me on Instagram or drop me a line on info at divinesacredsoul.com if this is speaking to you. If you've had any big ahas, realizations, I would love to hear from you. And in the meantime, before we leave, here are some questions that you might like to contemplate. Can you feel what is required for you to say yes to you? What's being called forth for you in this season of your life? Do share with me what awareness you're getting and what all of this has been highlighting for you. Come follow me on Instagram. That's where I like to hang out the most. You'll find more free resources. I do lots of videos on there about embodied manifesting and all sorts of fun stuff. So I would love to see you over there. Take care and I'll speak to you soon. Bye.